sailing your own ship is harder than it looks. The world of medical insurance can feel like an unending ocean of choice and complexity, especially when you get a new job, age into Medicare, or turn 26 and realize you can't be on your parents' coverage anymore. Every ship captain needs a helmsman, so I want to pass along learnings from my own search about how a broker can be a major help and hindrance for picking the best possible health plan. After today's episode, you'll know why and why not to use a broker. Your well-being should be about thriving instead of surviving. It's about time to empower yourself and to navigate our healthcare system with ease. My name is Rishi and this is the show, Friendly Neighborhood Patient. The point of an insurance broker is to help find a plan fitting best with your situation. Health plan brokers who are licensed in each state they practice at give you quotes, walk you through all the complicated terms, and explain the final choices in detail among many other responsibilities. These professionals help both employers and individual patients buy coverage. Most brokers specialize to some degree. For example, your local broker might only help patients with Medicare options. You might hear someone using healthcare broker and agent interchangeably. That's a major point of confusion for many patients. Healthcare agents have agreements to promote and sell only one company's plans. A company like United Healthcare, of course, has a zillion different health plans, but you'll still have less options presented to you if you work through an agent. Brokers can tag in with however many plans they wish. According to the Zipia Career Search website and data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are about 140,000 agents and 160,000 brokers in the U.S. Both are more likely to work for a private than public firm. In any case, you don't pay these people directly. Both kinds of healthcare shoppers get commissions from the insurance plans themselves. We'll spend more time unpacking how a broker's incentives affect you a little later, but first, it's critical to know what brokers will ask during the shopping process. Your broker will probably check if this is your first time getting health insurance and if you're covered or not at the moment. There should at least be a general discussion of your health needs. How often do you need to visit doctors and specialists? How attached are you to your current providers? Are you taking prescription drugs? Are those medications branded? These medical-focused questions will be similar to what you'd ask yourself when reviewing health plans as I've reviewed in past episodes. There will also be plenty of time spent on outlining a budget and how many dependents need to be covered as well. If you're not getting insurance from an employer, then your broker can help shop for a plan on what's called an exchange. This is a state-run platform or a federal site like healthcare.gov to buy coverage from. Some brokers can recommend off-exchange plans as well in a similar fashion to an off-market deal for real estate. No matter where you buy plans, a broker should also help translate summaries of benefits and coverage documents, direct you to specific insurance support people, and confirm your drug benefits. All the info I mentioned so far is not by any means an exhaustive broker-patient checklist, but it should be a reasonable foundation. Whether you meet a broker for the first time or are going it alone to buy health insurance, Use those prompts and guidelines to make the process efficient and smooth. Regardless of whether a master or rookie shopper is on your side, there are a few guidelines to have a great relationship with that person. A better agent or broker gives you more than just a quote. Because there are so many choices for plans, your broker should make side-by-side -side comparisons straightforward. Health insurance shoppers' jobs are not finished after you buy coverage. Agents need to help you with renewal and customer services needed. If you're getting a plan from a company like Aetna, make sure to get contact info for the matching service rep who can answer your billing and coverage questions. 
If all that sounds complicated, that's because it is. There's a reason brokers have jobs. Buying insurance is convoluted enough that major exchanges have people called navigators. These staff are kind of like agents, but are paid by state and federal grants instead of insurance companies. Navigators aren't required to be licensed in all states and can't promote one health plan over another. Think of these people like the information desk staff at the mall or hospital. I'll link a useful table explaining the differences between navigators and brokers on my post at rushinagala.substack.com. Now that you know what makes an effective health plan broker, how do you find one? Agents don't just show up at your front porch. The best place to start is asking your personal connections, of course, but your state's insurance commission or online platforms like eHealth Insurance are helpful as well. Website solutions may be health insurance company webpages, broker platforms, and purchasing alliances, which are employer insurer liaisons offering packaged insurance for one consolidated fee. As I mentioned earlier, you don't, in most cases, pay brokers directly. The economics of selling health plans is the largest con for hiring a shopper. Companies incentivizing brokers to offer certain plans sounds okay on its face, but there's a transitive property here. Brokers are paid by insurance plans, those commissions are reflected directly on insurance premiums, then employers, and by extension you, pay those higher premiums. Agents who represent only one insurance company tend to get other bonuses as well, even brokers fielding dozens of companies' plans may bill large clients separately for specialized advice. A rational broker offers plans with the highest bonus to them in what is a straightforward conflict of interest. This phenomenon is similar to pharmaceutical companies in the old days giving overt kickbacks to doctors for prescribing certain medications. Employers and patients won't know insurance pricing breakdowns unless they ask. So do ask for the fee schedule of whoever you end up hiring. Quotes for health plans themselves are not final to begin with, since most companies say their estimated premiums are, quote, representative. You only discover a true cost once the final insurance application and underwriting finishes. There are more transparent and independent brokers these days who now get paid only by patients and employers, but these deals are generally tailored for larger clients. Regardless of the misaligned incentives, brokers are useful, if nothing else, for walking you through health insurance's foreign language. A number of Americans still don't know what a deductible and out-of-pocket max are. I started this podcast to help spread the word about these concepts, among other topics, but a friendly broker can help bridge that insurance knowledge gap for you. Just don't lean too hard on them. Remember, they fight for the health plan's money, not yours. There is nothing stopping you from going it alone. In hiring a broker, though, you're effectively making your final health plan more expensive in exchange for personalized guidance. What matters is that you know this trade-off exists. Let this knowledge put you ahead of other patients and employers. If you do choose a broker or agent, let them do their job. Take recommendations in stride, but know that neither kind of insurance shopper can represent you. You or your employer are the final arbiters of what plan to use. A broker simply turns your choices into plain English. Stay focused and make sure that's all your broker is doing. You have the freedom to accept or reject insurance, but you won't fully control the money in the health plan's coffers that makes coverage work for all their members. Unfortunately for our fellow Americans on and preparing for Medicare, that pot of funds is running dry. Next week's topic will cover Medicare's pending insolvency and outlook for what Americans can and should do about it. Subscribe and stay tuned to Friendly Neighborhood Patient for more medical field insight. I'll catch you at the next episode.